Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your co-host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by ClearSky. ClearSky is the only identity governance and security solution built natively on ServiceNow. It optimizes enterprise identity and risk management with a platform-first approach. Look, we have built a great digital world where we can plug and play people into our applications and information globally. Great for speedy operations, but can be a real nightmare for risk and security and governance who are left asking, who has access to what? Who authorized that? Should they still have it? When's the last time we checked? This is why CJ and the Duke love ClearSky. All of the benefit of a company with decades worth of ILM and IGA experience with a solution that's built natively on ServiceNow, the platform that we all trust. ClearSky, optimized identity management built natively on ServiceNow. Check the description below for an episode CJ and I did on ClearSky, as well as how to contact them. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Man, dude, today we're going to talk about rising up. The Rise Up episode. Oh, let's do it. Everybody's been waiting for it, so now it's here. We're do- Okay, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to take the, set the record straight. I think like a lot of us have talked about Rise Up in various conversations, in various communities. It, it, I, I will take the responsibility for it. I know some of what I have said has been misunderstood as Robert's not all about Rise Up. Robert wants to gatekeep opportunity. And that is absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. I spend hours of my week trying to figure out, like, A, trying to help the people that are coming to me, right? Rise up or not. And also how to force multiply, you know what I mean? So I can teach more people more wisdom about doing this service now thing. Absolutely. I I want that out there loud and clear, double underlined, is that I am all about it. Dude, there's no one I know in this ecosystem who devotes more of their free time to helping other people than you. So for me, that's not even a question. I mean, that being said, we want to talk about the smartest way. Like, how do we get these people risen up the absolute smartest way, right? And how do we make sure that the biggest portion of them get to the opportunities and get paid? (laughs) Because that's a lot of people. Yeah, man. And it's all about the coin at the end of the day, right? That's that's right. And it's just like, it doesn't take, it's not, it doesn't take like super math degrees. There's a lot of customers and that, and and there's a lot, a lot, a lot targeted resources for Rise Up. So I'm all about, let's get people opportunities, real opportunities where they are paid. And so we can learn a a lot of lessons about how the ecosystem is now and apply that to what the ecosystem would have to change about itself to facilitate Rise Up. You know what I'm saying, Corey? Yeah, no doubt, man. So, you know, Duke, as a person who entered the technology space, right, like from coming from the hood, I can tell you that that opportunity in tech was really life changing for me. And it was even life changing once I left, you know, technology proper and entered the ServiceNow ecosystem, right, and and became an independent consultant in this space, right? Like the freedom that I gained was life changing to be here for my kids all the time, anytime. The financial freedom where I'm, we're, we're not worried for living from paycheck to paycheck or, you know, anything like that, right? Like it's, there's so much you get from jumping into the ServiceNow ecosystem, right? Like I, I feel like I've effectively risen up, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, you me know, too, man. Yeah. Go Finish your sentence. Uh, sorry. No, 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 absolutely. Right. And so I was going to say, you know, I, I just want to share that with everyone else, right? Like I want everyone else to have that opportunity, especially, you know, since I know we need more quality folks in this ecosystem. And I got to say, like, I didn't come at it from a position of 
poverty, right? Right. Uh, so some would, some would argue I, I had life exactly where I wanted it before I encountered service now, but I did not. I was the least valuable person in my IT department right. by a long shot. I was just filling whatever Joe jobs I could do, typically useless ticketing tools on their way out. And I was not there to provide advice. I was just there to switch the category tree for the umpteenth time that week. And it was, it was soul crushing. And so you know, I had a rise up moment too, because ServiceNow just provided me a way bigger lever. You know what I right. mean? And you like, once you get a big enough lever, you can, you can move mountains, just the right lever, the right leverage. And there you have it. So it took me from a nobody, absolute nobody to somebody that was pulled into all these conversations because I was a gateway to organizational value. Suddenly my ideas mattered. Bloody hell, man. Like, that's that's <laughs> such a good point, right? Where would we be if not for a service now? You know, I, I mean, would, yeah, I, for sure, for sure, I would be a drunk. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd be a drunk. I'd have a totally wasted out body and I'd probably divorce. I'd probably be divorced with, with kids that hate me because I wouldn't have been able to make it. You know what I mean? I was like late 20s when all this right. happened, you know, late right. 20s, maybe 30. And I was miserable. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, me with my tech job being miserable. Sorry, <laughs> privilege <laughs> check there, I guess. But um, no, no, man, I get it, right? Like, I mean, there, as you just said, right? Like, you went from the guy in the tech department, right, who was at the mm-hmm. bottom of the heat, largely doing a commoditized job, mm-hmm. you know, to to the Duke hosting a podcast, name pretty well known throughout this ecosystem, you know, helping others get into it, right? Like, it's there's a, a distinct difference between those two ends of the spectrum, right? That you just described. And, you know, it, it, same, right? Like when I was in tech, you know, I, I've when I felt like I was in a good space, right? But yeah. I was, I was also entry level management, right? Mm-hmm. I was a pretty, a, I was pretty, no, I was a, I was a goddamn really good problem solver. Still am. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, to a certain point, there's windows guys and network guys and application kind of stack guys are diamond dozen in the, in the Microsoft windows network and spare, right? There are mm-hmm. a lot of people who are good at solving problems, right? There are a lot of people who are good at windows networking and, and running operations teams. I mean, I, I might not have been one of many in my company, but I was definitely one of many in the ecosystem. And I doubt, and I wouldn't have had a podcast, right? Like I wouldn't be, you know, well known throughout that ecosystem, right? I wouldn't have the opportunity to touch so many lives as I've had now. And the freedom that I enjoy in all, in all dimensionality of that word, right? The freedom that I enjoy, I probably wouldn't have it now. That doesn't mean I would be hurting, right? right. But there's a different level, right? And that's a different, a weight that's no longer present, right? And, and I owe a lot of that to you know, the opportunity from service now. So, all right. So how do we get as many people as we can to the same path we got to? Yeah. Right. Like that's the thing. I just kind of fell into this, right. I kind of tripped into it. Right. We, yeah. I mean, we both, you know, we're working in the same product before service now, you know, magic total service desk. And you know, then service now comes along It's the new kid on the block and it's the best kid on the block. Right. Like it's the, <laughs> the biggest, toughest kid with the best bike. <laughs> right. It's got the best bike. Right. You got the, you know, it's the kid that shows up. He's got the sunglasses on the leather jacket. Right. And everybody's like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of happened. And, and then it was like, all right, so we're we're leaving this thing and we're going to that thing. And I was like, well, sh- I got got to learn how to, how that thing works. So mm-hmm. for folks who are in that position, that is the number one easiest way to get into the ServiceNow ecosystem, right? If you are in IT, 
or technology and your and your company is transitioning from a legacy service desk or service management tool to service now get in on that implementation yeah right it is an easier path when you're already in IT absolutely because you're right? already dealing with the same stakeholders you, it's the same kind of expectation whatever you're doing in IT has similar expectations to what you'd be doing in service now yeah the thing i take though because I don't believe the opportunities that you and I had are available anymore, right? The accidental shift into. I think it's a lot of, harder, yeah. Yeah, like there's a little bit more fight. There's a little bit like a wall you got to climb now. Not because people want to keep you out. The wall isn't there to hold you down. The wall is just there because everything's come up. Like the right. ground literally moved up. So it's just like back in our day, it was like, can you spell service now? Great, you're on the team. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you don't look like you're busy enough. You also have service now to do. And that was just the way it was. But now you're, you'll have a barrier where people's like, oh, you want us to employ you to do service now stuff. Like, what do we get out of it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, go ahead. No, I was going to say not to mention too, right? Is that we got in at their own service now's like growth curve. Like yeah, at the, the very, very beginning. The very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like a lot lost of, several multi-million dollar opportunities to capitalize on that early. <laughs> That's how early. <laughs> like I should have put all of my four hundred one k in it. Twenty four dollars a share. <laughs> in some ways, that same opportunity isn't there for newcomers, but they need to almost double what we were doing to sustain our spot there. Right, like we were survival, like oh, we're here now. Now we have to have all the answers for service now. And nobody's got the answers for service now. So what did we do? They right. have to do that to get over the wall. The rise uppers have to do that to get over the wall, just to learn it and be on the same level. Right. Because we were pulled in before we had the expertise. They must have expertise before they're pulled in. That's a good point because there's competition now. Yeah. And there, and there wasn't competition then. Yeah. And so what do you do when you don't know? And, and this is an honest question. Like, I don't, I didn't ask this question having an answer handy, but we get asked every single day, hey, show me the path. How do I get good at this? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we can deconstruct. Maybe we could like, you know, maybe we could go over our plan of like, what would I do right now to get good at Salesforce or something else I've never seen before? Yeah, no, that's a good way of looking at it, right? Like, what would I do, right? Having been, have being an expert in service now, right? Mm -hmm. Looking to learn a new technology, what would I do to skill up in that one as quickly as possible? What um, would you do? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing I do is I seek out people who know this already, who are looking to share the wisdom. I want to find all the people who are talking about the thing I want to learn, who are sharing all their knowledge and then i learn i like literally almost like to me it, it reminds me of like you know uh what you read about in the history books with socrates and plato right and they're sitting in the garden and they're teaching and they've got all the students ranged around them at their feet and they're just you know they're picking up the breadcrumbs right mm -hmm. so that that's me like if you're on twitter and you're talking about this stuff i'm following you and i'm, I'm eating it up if you're on LinkedIn and you're talking about this stuff, I'm following you and I'm eating it up. You know, yeah. I, I'm learning the things that somebody else knows and thinks is important to teach. Right. Because yep. I feel like that that gets me above that initial beginner's hump. Right. Of trying to figure out what's important. I have somebody who's literally who knows what's important and is literally telling me. So that's the first place I start. Right. I find people yeah. who are experts who are sharing their knowledge and let them 
teach me their mistakes, right? And teach me what what's meaningful to learn. What yeah. about you? I'd go to their website and I would be looking for any official education programs. And that's one of the things that just, mm, it, it grinds my gears a little bit when people are like, hey, Robert, how do I get good at service now? And I'm like, have you even looked at the webs? Like, do you know about now learning? No, what's now learning is like, you know, <laughs> just at least look for official education channels, right? Yeah, that's I know a good for point. A fact, Salesforce has them all over the place, right? And if I'm like, I can scroll for LinkedIn for 15 minutes and find information on Salesforce education, even though I have no interest in Salesforce. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess the raw start would be to just scroll LinkedIn under that hashtag for a little bit. Scroll Google, how do I learn X for a little bit? So now that I have the official channels, just dig in and start there. Then yeah. I would like, I, I just put this in the link below. I would listen to our podcast about how to get help that you need. Because getting help isn't about, hey, help me. That can get you some help. But knowing how to ask really good questions gets you better help faster. And so I would be very, very careful with my questions. Like if I had to learn, if you've told me next month I have to learn Salesforce, beyond taking their courseware, I would maybe, I'd maybe go to a, a, a Salesforce expert and say, do you have time? Can I ask you a few specific questions? Always specific questions. Right. Specific questions. Because I want them to I want them to feel like I'm considerate of their time. Not Absolutely. not I'm not gonna message them and saying, What's your thoughts and insights? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it also makes it easier for me to help, right? Like, yeah. You know, when I get asked a question, a specific question, it gives me a specific thing to respond to. Mm -hmm. And I'm a bit long-winded. So you'll learn a whole bunch of other stuff in the process. There right? you go. Yeah. And that's why you get like three or four of these people at a time. But then I'd be very careful about the specific questions. And so they can be general questions framed in a specific way. Like I don't even have good specific questions about Salesforce. So I might say, what was the most important thing you learned in your first year? Oh, yeah. What are some simple problems you had to solve at the start of your career? Oh, right. And cool. now I'm now I'm, they're telling me about things that I can go and try and solve. Yeah. Editor's note, write those two down. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because those are great. Right. Like those are two things that I, I think you should ask now. Right. Like when you're starting off and yeah. because that I mean, that kickstarts a conversation. Right. And look, it, when you ask someone, when someone is agreeing to mentor you, right? Like, and whatever that mentorship looks like, it could be one-off questions. It could be like a complimentary uh, relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, there's something in it for the both of you. And when you start asking, hey, what are the most impactful things or the most important things that you learned in your first year of being, doing this job? You know, it makes me think like, huh, I think back to that. Well, first thing I learned is I didn't need to know all of JavaScript. I need, I just needed to know JavaScript like things. Yep. <laughs> like yeah. that's one of the that's one of the first things I learned is that I didn't need to know how to build complex objects and things of that nature. I largely just need to know how to count the characters in the string and how to strip some of them out and things like that. You know, like command lits is what I call them, right? You know, like little three, four, five uh, lying pieces of code. Mm -hmm. Okay, now here's here's the kicker. If I got the if I got engaged to them on a on a couple of specific questions. And yeah. so I've built a rapport through the exchange of question answer. The last thing I would ask them, like, thank you for your time. Could you possibly tell me a question that I should be asking? Oh, absolutely. Right. I love that one. 
Like, I don't even know what questions I should be asking. So let me capitalize on somebody who's been there and done that. Yeah. And they're probably dying for people to ask them that question because they're tired of the the same old, same old questions, right? Yep. Tell me how to become a Salesforce person. So anyways, the two takeaways for everybody in the ServiceNow ecosystem for this is number one, if you're trying to rise up, spend some time trying to figure out good questions to ask. Maybe we should do an episode on what constitutes a good question. At any rate, we'll have a link in the description for our like how to get the help you need. That's a great episode for learning that. But the second thing for people who aren't rising up is to start loading up into the ecosystem stuff you had to learn at the beginning. I think one of the big things we lack is like a library of exercises. Yeah, you know? right. Like a like a you you know zero to one, one to three, three to yeah. five. Yeah, and people ask me all the time, Robert, can you just give me a bunch of exercises to do? It's like I would, but these things aren't just like it's not like getting coins out of my pocket. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It takes some thought, some really serious thought. So I think you know if we're gonna do this big, if we're gonna like two x to five x the number of people out there doing this thing, then we need to have a way larger, easily accessible library of lesson plans, small ones. Like, okay, you got your CSA. What do you do to build on the platform? Make sure you got credibility. Here's like five scenarios you should build. Yeah, because what I've learned, right, is that people really want instructions, Mm -hmm. right? They really want a blueprint. They want some kind of guidepost. You know what I mean? Like it is. Yeah. There, there are some people who play the open world simulator, right? Like there's some folks who go out on that online RPG like Warcraft and they're just going to go and do all the side quests and, and all that kind of stuff. Those people will figure it out. They will find their way. There are other folks who like that conventional uh, RPG, right? Like from back in the 90s, right? Like the Final Fantasy, something that's got you on on the rails. And I think Final, I, I, I haven't played Final Fantasy in a while, but you know what I, you know what I'm getting at, right? You jump, you jump in this role playing game, and there is a storyline. There's a main storyline, and the game doesn't allow you to deviate too far off of that main storyline. Mm. You know, it's entertaining, it's exciting. You know, there's a couple of side quests, right, where you can express a little bit of creativity. Maybe you can get some power ups. But the game keeps you on rails from the beginning and the end. Some people are much more like the characters in those role playing games, right? On the rails that you get dropped in at the beginning in the village. Mm -hmm. And by the end of your journey, right, like you're facing the boss and you knew where to go step after step after step. We need lesson plans for those folks. We need to ensure that we're providing those guideposts, those blueprints so they can stay on track and they can get from the beginning to the end. Yes. Like we've got, we've got to. Like, you know what I mean? Exercises, right? Like, we got to equip the weight room. Some people are going to use five-pound weights. Some people are going to use 50-pound weights. But we got to stack a weight room for people to work out in because I think – Dude, this is the flow. We need to build a flow. (laughs) (laughs) This is a a flow. Think about it. Like, you go in. Picture this, right? You go in. You sign up for the – you sign up in your ServiceNow instance, right? And the first Mm -hmm. thing you do is you get a task. task says go to now learning and do and complete this. This course, right? You go and you do that, and you complete the course, and you come back and you attach your certificate, right? Like you close that task, the flow automatically generates the next task, right? Now go to LinkedIn and follow these people, and then come back here and document like three key insights from each of these influences that you follow, three key insights that you've gained. Close that task, and then you go to the next one, and on and on and on until you get to the end. And by the time you get to the end, you've picked up a CSA, you might have picked up a CIS and something, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a flow. 
<laughs> we have now learning courses and they've got tests and we've also got exercises that are on the developer.servicenow.com yeah but, absolutely like you can have people and i get it all the time people that go through a boot camp or a program or get their csa and they're still like you know it's you have conversations with them and it's still like they don't make the connection that you got to actually keep building on the tool it's the only thing that's going to make you good it's the yeah. only thing and so it, whatever we have right now i'm so glad we have it but we're gonna need like 10 times more of it we're gonna need like a hundred times more of it because if we're gonna tech 10x where we're at right now, we don't. I don't even think we have enough of that material right now. We don't have enough things that are just like, okay, great, you got your CSA, you don't know where to go. Like for crying out loud, like just take three or four of these real life scenarios that have happened and chip away at it. And we have that, right? That's the our that's all of our collective experience. Yes, right? we have it. It's in our heads, right? It's but that's a terribly difficult gateway to breach. <laughs> I cannot get inside your head. Fact. <laughs> so this is again another thing. The community at large can take this upon themselves. Is like, how do we get more bite-sized scenarios? We can store in a library somewhere, so people have something to hone their tools against. I'm an amateur leather worker, very amateur leather worker, less than amateur leather worker. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen leather. <laughs> Everything I make is ugly and rough and whatever, but it's like the only thing, the only thing that's going to get me better at it is doing more projects. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, right? And That horse doesn't look nearly dead enough, man. Just... <laughs> <laughs> hit it again <laughs> we probably say this every episode at this point right like it's like build something right like build yep. anything you know just figure it out build whatever it is that you want to build and do it over and over again until you learn i mean we didn't have the luxury right we, like there yeah. was we got thrown in the kind of fires and we had to put them out and through putting them out we learned right now like the industry is a bit more mature so you're not always getting thrown into a fire so you're not always learning immediately in that way but that's still the avenue here, right? Is is really to build something. It's really to jump in, and again, that's open world, mm -hmm. right? That is go out, slay the dragon, but you got to find the dragon first, right? And you got to hope that you, you know, as you're wandering off to the east, that you bump into the one villager who has actually seen the dragon who can direct you there, yeah. Right? Like we got to make it easier than that. I got another uh, another one that's kind of off topic. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we talked about more exercises into the community, more asking better questions. We need more contributions to the community in general. So there's armies of people on SN uh, community, SN Dev Slack, where are providing answers in real time. That's awesome. There's going to be more opportunities for everybody to do that. But we need more, not more just in times answers, because that's always going to be there. But we need more projected wisdom into the space. Yeah. Right. Like after action reports, demonstrations of builds. And twice this week, I've been asked, hey, Robert, like, let me show you something I want to write or want to put out into this, uh, like a blog, a video. And can you tell me if people are going to like it? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if they like it? Put it out. Put yeah. it out. If you've ever thought about writing a blog, making videos, doing a podcast, like we just need way more of it. And as more and more of it gets into the ecosystem, more and more of it will be indexed. And yeah. the indexes will help people get to those good materials. Absolutely. We all have a responsibility. And dare I say, we all owe back to the ServiceNow ecosystem at large to contribute in some way. And maybe I feel that way because 
you know, I've been around this thing for about a decade now, and I know all of the help that I've get, gotten from various people, some anonymous, some not, right? Like mm-hmm. some still around, some not. But like this, there have just been so many, like it's almost like that XKCD. What did you know? What did you see? Like I've just run across random blog posts from like eight years ago, and it's like, how did you? Like, how is this still relevant? Thank you, random service now guy who probably is gone. We need more of that. We need more people who feel like it's incumbent upon them to lead the way for the others and to drop yeah. those breadcrumbs and to contribute in some way, shape, or form. Like you said, you don't need any permission. Let's state this explicitly right now. You do not need permission to write a blog post, a LinkedIn post, a tweet, start a podcast, a YouTube channel, publish a PowerPoint, whatever else I can think of, right? You do not need anyone's permission to put this content out there. In fact, you are doing folks a favor if you do. So please do it. Please do. Yep. Rise Up isn't going to happen by itself. And for the community, if you want to be part of it, if you want skin in the game, that means more more of your content, more of your wisdom on display in public. Oh, my God. Right. What you just said. Rise up isn't going to happen by itself. Right. We got to help. <laughs> yeah. We got to help. Right. Like, so like yeah. I, I know ServiceNow is putting a tremendous amount of effort and resources behind this thing. But I know part of their thought process has to be inspiring us that are in the ecosystem already to put our resources in with them, to get that next generation of talent into the ecosystem. This won't happen without our, without our help. We got to all help. This is this is a collective, this is the group project, y'all. <laughs> now, we don't know, right? Uh, some Maybe some kind advice to Mothership, yeah, knowing not. they probably already have plans, right? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what's what they're planning, but it's like, maybe if they weren't planning, now they might know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Some of the things that we've identified that that we feel like need to scale in order for uh, Rise Up to scale successfully as well, right? Yeah. My number one would be more focus on knowledge material that is not, how do we describe it? Okay. Docs for learners, not docs for reference, Ooh. if that makes any sense. It does. Right. You can you can look up stuff on, doc, on docs. It's very like, you know, it's like looking stuff up in a dictionary. Right. But it doesn't give you that, you know, I mean, from a learning perspective, it's not optimized. Yeah. So So this is basically like it's it's the last, you know, 15 minutes conversation we had with there has to be a lot more different scenarios and stepwise. How do you do stuff than just what's on now learning, if that makes any sense. Now, that being said, I haven't looked at now learning in like a few months. So maybe maybe they've got a lot more of this stuff, but just something that says, like, how do I build a simple flow? Yeah, I, I follow exactly where you are with that, right? Like, so I feel like Docs is Docs is probably six months to a, a year of experience of service now before it makes sense. Right? Yeah, well, like look at SPM, right? Docs can't guide you through SPM. Yeah, you know and, what I mean. They can't tell you how it works. You have to almost know how it works, and then Docs fills in the blanks. I mean, Docs requires you to have experience, right? And and honestly, I wouldn't want to change that. I like mm-hmm. the fact that Docs is helping me when I know what I'm kind of trying to do, I can go to Docs and figure out like what the platform will allow me to do. Mm-hmm. I like that I have to bring a, a little bit of experience and a little bit of knowledge to Docs. And if I do that, then I kind of get what I'm looking for. Right. Um, but like you said, that audience of the learner, like yes. how do I? 
Yeah. Right. I I don't think docs is that. And I think now learning is that, but I think there is also a an opportunity to have a more docs like experience coupled with a now learning experience. Yeah. You know I what just I mean? Think like- I just think like playbooks, right? Like when you're learning football, I've never, I've never played football, never learned football, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when you are, <laughs> imagine like there's those dime plays and nickel plays, right? Right. What does that even mean? Right. But somebody's going to show you like, how do we run a dime play? How do we run a nickel play? Like somebody's yeah. going to show you with an illustration. And I think there just needs to be more playbook st- type stuff. I do this all the time for my customers with, with, with SPM it's like, how do I baseline a project and then compare it to other baselines? You know how, what it is? What? Guided tours. Yeah, I mean, anything. I don't care if it's just screenshot after screenshot, but something that pulls you away from the, you know, here's all the tables and the columns and roughly how it works. You've got to see how it works because there's a hundred things working. Yeah. In SPM especially, it's like, how do we plan a project? How do we plan project costs? How do we yeah. resource plan? How do we baseline? How do we write status reports? How do we view status reports? How do we view status reports at the program level? And yeah. it's you know enough of those things, and now you know SPM. Yeah, but I don't man. know any other way to teach it than breaking it down to the playbooks, but I don't see a lot of that in the ecosystem. And I'd love for ServiceNow to start you know, looking at it more from the plays that get you the outcomes teaches you the thing. Here's the next thing, and I'm sure ServiceNow has already thought about this, but I you know, we're going to need a lot more PDIs. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And and, I, and I'm sure they're already looking into that and they're probably, and they're figuring out how to scale that. But the only way, in my opinion, the most effective way to learn ServiceNow is to build something. And the only way to build something on ServiceNow is to have an instance, right? And that's the PDI. So the more people we bring into the ecosystem, the more people are going to need an instance. And, and the ServiceNow is probably thinking through, like, how do we scale this program? Yep. How do we ensure that everyone can get an instance? How you know, that it's not going to uh, cripple the experience for anyone, uh, how we can make sure that the program continues to exist and scales with the intention in which it was built. Like I said, I'm sure they're already thinking about it, right? Because um, they know the same way that we do, like that the only way to really get great at the platform is to do, mm-hmm. right? And the only way to do is with instance. But yeah, I just I just think it bears mentioning, right? That we're going to need a lot more of these things. We're going we're gonna to yeah. bigger, need a bigger boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm certain somebody over there is already like kind of wondering and man, however else we can help, we would love to just kind of hand in hand with that. Like not only just the capacity, but the communications as well. Like I don't expect much out of my PDI because I know what it's like to live without one. So I just, every time I see that thing in the morning, I'm just like, oh, the Lord's blessed me today. (laughs) But you know, sometimes, you know, there's been a couple outages or, or news about it that didn't scale across the ecosystem very well. So it was like days of churn and people being mad and frustrated and messaging an echo chamber and stuff like that. I hope that soon there's a easier way to communicate with the people who have PDIs that there's a problem or there's an outage or, or whatever, just so that this it's clearer because if, if it's loud and crazy when it's just this amount of people, what if we two and five X that amount of people <laughs> It's just going to be that much louder and crazier. So the cure to crazy is communication. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a fair point, right? Like folks will definitely get frustrated if they go to, to use their PDI and, and it's not mm-hmm. there. But you know, oh, sorry, sorry for interrupting. I just got to get this one thing out. Another way this matters is because like a few people have come to me. It's like, oh, I built this on my PDI. I can't find it anymore. And it's part of my, like people are being advised in their programs 
to build their their capstone projects on the PDIs, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, what if they just like everybody should be touching their PDI once a day, but there's risk there because the PDIs are not under their control. So, so they can so, have an outage. They could have like a wipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is this is a good point, right? Let's dive in on this one because I think this is phenomenally uh, interesting. I think if you're a part of a program that's recommending that you get a PDI that you build on it and they aren't teaching you the uh, restrictions around a PDI, mm-hmm. then your program is useless. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'll, I'll just be I'll be quite frank about anyway, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there are very well-documented restrictions around how you can use a PDI. Like, I'm, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure, and somebody from ServiceNow, please chime in. I'm pretty sure that the next-gen program gives them, like, special next-gen instances that last a bit. But if that's the case, like, that's where they should be doing their capstones is on an in-between instance, a rise-up instance, right? <laughs> yeah. That is a little bit more... Reliable is the wrong word, but a little bit more invincible than a standard PDI, like a standard PDI for when you're out in the wild and on your own. But while you're in these programs that are rising you up, you need something with a little bit more continuity. Duke, I think I'm going to disagree with you on this one a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because personally, that learning how to back up your work and service now is important, you know, because at any given point, when you're in a professional instance or a client instance, sorry, a clone down might happen, right? Mm-hmm. And your work might get wiped in that way. So knowing the transient nature, nature of data in the instance, that should be like the first thing you learn. Export your update sets, right? Or sync to GitHub, right? So that you have all, so everything is backed up there. And if you're not learning those things, right? Right. Like, again, right. If you're not learning those things is one of the first things that you do when you start to work on a PDI. Right. Like how to how to actually keep and manage your code. Like I did not feel like that, that program is probably failing you to start. And I'm not familiar with any programs and what they teach and, yeah. and how they teach it, where they start. Right. But for personally, for me. The first thing I'm teaching anybody is, all right, now you got an instance. This is the first thing you need to know is this instance will disappear. So yep. if you got stuff on here you want to keep export update backup figure it out right like this is how you do it a uh, great point and you, you get to learn about update sets along the way <laughs> and which yeah which is phenomenally useful you're only ever going to use yeah. them like all the freaking time <laughs> all right that seems like a great place to leave it then hope to see you on the next one cj and the duke is hosted by robert the duke fedoric and Corey cj wesley we are both freelance vendor agnostic service now experts who can help you in three different ways If you want a true consigliere in your corner for your ServiceNow implementation, if you want to tell your customer story on CJ and the Duke, or if you want your brand in front of the largest independent ServiceNow podcast community, check the links below for how to contact us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.